Hey, Schmazettes, you're listening to Listen Listen with Patty and Emily. I'm Patty. And I'm Emily. Five, six, seven, eight. Patty and Emily most obsessively talking about all your favorite Broadway shows. Patty and Emily thoughts and comedy from Broadway superfans. From Broadway superfans. We are here with Elizabeth Gray and Allison Frazier. Hi. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Welcome to the podcast. Yes. They are from, these. of course, Understudies, the web series, which we've talked about on this podcast, and you all should be watching it. And we're going to start with our 10 questions. Yeah, let's dive in. Do you know Beth Level? I know Beth Level. And she's spectacular. I love her. I think Isn't she's she? Amazing. Yeah, we adore yeah. her. I love Beth Level. As a matter of fact... Did this happen? It did happen. One day, there was a rainstorm, and uh, uh, people were, they could not get taxis. And I saw Beth <gasps> and her, is it her husband? Is it Adam? Is oh, she uh, to Adam Hill? I don't, oh, I, I don't I know. I think so. I could be getting this. Oh, they were in um, Elf together. Oh, yes. Yeah. I'm not yes. sure if they're married. I don't know if they're I, married. I don't think yeah. so. But anyway, they're standing <laughs> on the side of the road, and they're obviously going to some sort of do or coming back from some sort of do. They both look fabulous. So I rolled down the window and said, you want a ride? Amazing. <gasps> yeah. So oh, I That's wonderful. Right. So yes, I do know Beth Level. That's a good Beth Level story. Uh, pass. <laughs> <laughs> Next question. What show do you most want revived? You go. Uh, does it have to be musical? No, oh, it could be anything. Yeah, I guess I'd most like to see revived. Look, I love a new Tennessee Williams mm. revived, and Arthur Miller, Eugene O'Neill. I don't think he gets done enough. Oh, the Provincetown Tennessee Williams Festival is doing an entire season Are next they? year. You should do some. I'll talk to David Kaplan. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know. Uh, this whole thing with revivals, it's all well and good. <laughs> mm. but uh, And there are wonderful plays out there, and the wonderful plays are going to be done, but I want to see more new plays. Yeah, there. yeah, here, here. I'm really sorry. Uh, they just keep trucking out. How many times do we have to see Cabaret? How many times do we have to see these things? You know, I really want new plays. Mm. Like, for example, Elizabeth Gray's brilliant Southern Discomfort. Mm. I would rather see that. Then yet another revival of, you know, Merrily We Roll Along. <laughs> yeah. feel about it. We completely understand. That's totally valid. Yeah. <laughs> Have you ever fallen asleep on stage while pretending to be asleep or dead on stage? No. That, that would just be so wrong. <laughs> yes. 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 Oh, my God. But to be fair, it was a production of Wit. And, um, you know, I did spend most of the show... In a hospital bed. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was pretty tired. <laughs> yeah, I have fallen asleep. I'm always too terrified on stage mm. to fall asleep. I mean, I can't imagine it. So. Yeah. That's so funny. It works. I'm sure you were able to work it into the character, though. <laughs> well, look, when a character is dying of cancer in that way, you know, it's a pretty in and out sort of space. Anyway. Yeah. What's your favorite Broadway house? St. James for me, all the way. <gasps> That's my favorite too. It's the mother, the mothership. <laughs> Pass. I don't know hmm. enough about houses. I've only performed in the court theater. And yeah, that was it. Yeah. How old is your headshot? I think my headshot is three years old. All right. 
Yeah, but now that my hair is back to the same color it was when I had my headshot taken, <laughs> yeah. I figure people will think it's me. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah, mine is three years old as well. Huh. Do you read reviews? I absolutely read reviews. I read everything about it. I go on chat boards and, and read what they have to say. I'm mm. very, very interested in what people have to say. I I really sort of like the democratization. Is that a word? Mm-hmm. Uh, a word. Of, of uh, theater uh, communication and, and talking about shows and even, you know, reviewing. I, mm. I like to hear what people say. And I know some people are like, oh, the chat boards, you know, they can be so uh, brutal. But I'm like, yeah, but if one person thinks that my diction is mushy, I'm going to listen to that. <laughs> and the next time I'm on stage, I'm going to go, hey, maybe I, some, somebody didn't understand me, so maybe I should talk a little more. <laughs> and, you know, some cruel things can be said. Some really lovely things can mm-hmm. be said, too. But with any sort of review situation, what you have to do is realize that there's a mean. If you listen to the good, mm-hmm. you have to listen to the bad, mm-hmm. and vice versa. You have to really just take it all with a grain of salt and just figure out how it applies to you. Yeah, yeah, I agree. I always read reviews. I read every chat board, every cool review I read. I remember when I was 14, I was doing a professional show in Atlanta, and there was this horrible review of me. They said, Elizabeth Gray is a low talker with an inexpressive voice. Oh, <gasps> oh. But, but... You know, I, I was able to extract from that something to improve. And, and actually, I think when reviews are well-written, uh-huh. they point you in a direction. I think so, too. Of, of how to improve yeah. performance. And, I, you know, I think that's valuable. Mm. I had a really famous uh, reviewer just, you know, say something so vicious about <laughs> me. I was doing um, a show called Romance Romance. And mm-hmm. people thought I was good in it. I got my first Tony nomination yeah. for it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> first. John Simon said, oh. I, I, I mean, he was sort of the viper mm. of Broadway at that point. Mm-hmm. And he said, Alison Frazier is a poisonous hybrid of Angela Lansbury and Bernadette Peters without any of the charm or And I'm like, oh my God. Okay, well now cut to uh, 20 years later, right? And uh, I had, maybe even 25 years later, I had gone back to school late in life because uh, I, I was a loser dropout when I was 19 years old. <laughs> I, I came to New York um, to make my way. But then after my husband died, uh, in 03, I decided to go back for my degree. So I went to Fordham and mm. I discovered I was a very good student. Oh. And I was an English literature student. And one of my specialties was Jonathan Swift because I just think he's the greatest author ever. <laughs> and I wrote a, a, quite a good paper uh, about uh, Gulliver's Travels. And I read online somewhere that John Simon was a Jonathan Swift scholar when he was at Harvard. Huh. Wow. So I sent it to him. Amazing. <laughs> and he forgot all about, you know, being an actress or something. And he was, he's quite charming and, and uh, quite a ladies' man, really. You know, he has that sort of Teutonic charm. And, uh, and we became kind of friendly. And he, he gave me, a, I, I think, a, an A minus on my, on my paper. Oh. And, and he corrected it and sent it. Well, back. sure. Which so was, and he was dead right on everything. And, uh, he, he invited me up to his house. He, his wife invited me up to his house for a dinner party, mm. a lovely civilized dinner party. I think they live, you know, uh, up in, I don't know, north. <laughs> sure, north of the city, north, somewhere. Riverdale or something like that. And it was a charming dinner party. And he was talking about, uh, you know, certain actresses who had 
uh, thrown spaghetti on his head. It was so mild. And I'm, I'm like, uh, and he's chuckling about it, and everybody's chuckling about it. And I said, well, aren't you fearful of me, you know, pouring this consomme on your head? <laughs> and he said, what are you talking about? I never gave you a bad review. <gasps> and I said, well, as a matter of fact. <laughs> and then I got to quote the review to him oh, at the table. That is so funny. Yeah, so how often do you get to do oh, that? Oh, wow. Yeah. Keep your enemies close. <laughs> and, well, he was a really smart guy uh, as far as Jonathan Swift was concerned. It's <laughs> <laughs> a great funny. story. What is the show you've seen the most times? Hedwig and the Angry Inch. Mm, I think. Good one. You know, I haven't seen Hedwig and the and the Angry Inch a lot. I've only seen it three times. Is that a lot? I no. depends on how many I've times you see a show. Times, but <laughs> I, I never really see a show more than once. Yeah, I would say that too. Oh my God, mm. I didn't know you were a headhead. A headhead? You know that I was at the last, at John Cameron oh, Mitchell's last uh, show. I couldn't get He tickets. lives around the country. Well, I, I mean, around the corner. Why didn't you call me? I did Secret Garden with him. Yeah. I love the Secret Garden so much. She brought it up so I can talk about it. Oh my God. It was the most brilliant evening in theater I've ever been to. Mm. I mean, well, except Act of God is going to get there pretty quick. I mean, it really is. Mm. I mean, the two are like on the same level. Wow. But to be at Good that year. last show was really Oh, I can only, really I saw him exciting. like a week before he left and it was one of the most amazing. Yeah, I, mean, I think I cried through the entire I, performance. I saw his so second happy. show when he's he was mobile. Deal. He's so sweet. Really, he lives like around the corner. You must yeah. see him, right? Yeah. 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 He's another one that looks so young. Yeah. Mm. Also from Texas. He, huh. You're, <laughs> you're Texas. Like Elizabeth, right? You're, I'm not from Texas, but, you know, anything south of Mason Dixon oh, okay. line. Oh, right. <laughs> well, John, Jim Parsons is from Texas. Jim Parsons. Oh, well, oh you look I didn't know that. There you go. Oh, yeah. I didn't realize you loved John Cameron Mitchell. Oh, yeah. Well, here's my brother Dickens. <laughs> Secret Garden. It's happening. <laughs> I love the Secret Garden so much. Oh, it's, it was a beautiful experience. <laughs> Are you going to go to the thing? concert? They're doing the concert at Avery Fisher Hall next year. Nah. nah. I, I actually just saw a beautiful production yeah. of it at NYU mm. um, that was directed by Marsha Milgram Dodge. It was oh. just beautiful. I did oh. go see, I get, I get invited be... to like schools for sure. of it. Mm. Yeah. And I find them very touching. You know, yeah. There was one done in Philadelphia that was just amazing. There had to have been a hundred people on the stage. Wow. And they had real animals. Oh. Like yeah. the, the whole opening. You That's know, amazing. All the, you know, there were donkeys and, and foxes. It was just like, <laughs> and then the really cool thing was that the, um, uh, what, what's the, the fakir was a blue god. <gasps> I, he was like painted blue. He was, awesome. what, is that Krishna? Yeah. yeah. He was awesome. That's yeah. so cool. Uh, yeah, so wow. I do, love, I love the, um, uh, the It's so versions. nice that you go to them. Yeah. yeah that's yeah. awesome. It's really yeah. wonderful. Yeah. What's well, yeah. the show that you've seen the most times? Oh yeah, well Hedwig, right? Um, I I really think it's Hedwig, and I think the only other show on Broadway that I've seen that many times. Actually, I didn't see Hedwig on Broadway three times. I saw it originally, and then mm. oh, two times in the past. So jealous! You know, his last month, um, the Wild Party, the mm. Kisses Wild Party. Mm. Mm. I mean, nice. I think that counts because I at a time in my life that I really didn't have any money at all and my husband was going through this terrible cancer um, mm. uh, cancer ordeal and I just 
I could not afford a Broadway show. And mm. I saw the production that they did on the Tonys. And it was just so good. I said, I have to see it. And I went down and I plunked down. I went to tickets. No tickets available. And I plunked down full price tickets for that night. And then it was so good. I did it again the next mm. night. Amazing. Two nights in a row because I could not believe what I was seeing was so incredibly good. So I guess if a show was mm. to be revived, uh, I would I would heartily approve of Lacuse's Wild Party being revived because I, I do think it's probably probably one of the best musicals ever. Mm. And wow. the, the, the reason uh, why in hell was that thing so lambasted? Mm. Critics? I, no it just clue. Blows my mind because it's brilliant. Have you ever heard it? No. It's no. it's just. Brilliant, really. Mm-hmm. I know, whenever critics don't agree with the things that I th- think about shows, it's very frustrating <laughs> when you love well, something so much. This season. this season, they've just said, nah, we're mm. just no, we're going to cut you out because we can. Not the yeah. Critics, but the, the Tony yeah. Yeah. Wow, really? Yes. Yeah. Who would you fangirl over? What is fangirling? Anyone? Like, like, you meet someone and you have to just like, be like, oh my I God, just I love was you. like, oh my God, she's doing the voice from The Secret, from the Secret Garden. Garden. That's fangirling. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I think Jim Parsons would be right there. Oh. I, it's not the same with John Cameron because mm. he, he's like my little like, Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure, sure. <laughs> yeah, you can't fangirl with little yeah. brother. But I think Jim Parsons, I mean, he really, he sort of rocks my world. I, I just, have you watched The Big Bang Theory at all? Yeah, it's just he's incredible. He, I, I think the whole show is just sort of amazing. Yeah, mm. and he was great in the Normal Heart as well. Mm. Yeah, really, really good. Um, I, I fangirl over John Cameron Mitchell. Mm. I'm not gonna lie, that is such a long love affair. Yeah. I mean, it goes back to being a Southern kid and you know, 16, mm. 17 years old, and just that, just connecting with that show and with that music and listening to it for days on end. Hey, have then... you ever met him? No. Well, why don't we go to lunch? <laughs> <laughs> hey, John Cameron Mitchell, if you're out there listening, we're going to lunch. Hey, I'll make you guys he loves it. our podcast. Yep. <laughs> um, what was your best or worst survival job? Survival job. I worked at a health club before you know, you had to actually know something to work. <laughs> it was hilarious. I was at the, when I first came to the city, I was at the New York um, Health, no, New, yeah, New York Health and Racquet Club. And it's like, I would just make up my own yoga classes. <laughs> I bought a book. Oh. And like, okay. And then these exercise classes, I had no idea what I was doing. <laughs> but yeah, I had popular classes. I had Killer Cal with Al. Oh, I had, I had John Guare in my class and oh. Holly Woodlawn. Wow. And um, I took Meryl Streep through the Nautilus. <gasps> Whoa. Yeah. And the funny thing is, is that John Guare, he's like the sweetest man. And, you know, we're talking 1975. I, I, I had this job in 75, 76. And I would run into him at various... Uh, you know, openings and stuff. Like, I think he came to see in trousers or Marshall mm-hmm. or whatever. And he'd be like, Allison, Allison. And he was so sweet. Ugh. And uh, he always forgot where he knew me from. <laughs> <laughs> he always introduced me as, uh, you know, because whoever he was always with a coterie of people. And he'd say, this is Allison. You know, she was in my class at Yale. I'm like, well, 
Great. <laughs> I really wasn't. You were actually in my class at the New York. You know, <laughs> but after it happened like two or three times, I said, okay, that's it's just right. fun. Yeah. But the best story, do we have time? Yeah, yeah, yeah of course. Yeah. Um, uh, the best story about John Guerrero was I was dating somebody and he was, he was like the only wealthy person I've ever dated, right? And, and he wanted to impress me, God knows why. And so he had gotten reservations to the Odeon, which at the time was mm. very hot and it just opened. And he got a limousine and it was not my cup of tea, but we went to the Odeon and there was this huge, huge line. And, you know, we're kind of standing at the, at the front door, you know, or with our noses pressed up against it. And there's no way we're getting in. And then John Guerra is in the middle of the Odeon at a huge table and Candace Bergen is there, and Louis Mall. <laughs> I mean, it's like a table. And, you know, we're at the, the, we had just gotten in to talk to the reservation clerk, you know, and the big you know, guy that I was with was going to slip him a $100 bill or something. And uh, John's like, Allison, Allison, Charles. Amazing. <laughs> it was like, so we got to sit. Oh, amazing. That's awesome. Oh, that's great. He's like, yeah, yeah, he's my friend. <laughs> I was in his class at Yale. Sure. <laughs> That's amazing. It's great. Oh, so best worst survival job? Oh, my worst survival job. Uh, it's nothing so glamorous. I worked at a bomb factory in a North Carolina. Bomb, bomb factory? Exciting, yeah, I just did data entry. Well, sure. <gasps> It was like in the middle of nowhere. Did you get any free samples? <laughs> no free samples, but that was pretty cool. What kind of a bomb? Um, I. I <sighs> Bombs, missiles. Like, like army bombs? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I guess Whoa. there are commercial bombs. <laughs> <laughs> there are commercial bombs, unfortunately. I guess. Oh. Have you ever watched the TV show? Have you ever watched the TV show Bomb Girls? I've missed that one. It's really good. It's all on Netflix about women working in a bomb factory in okay. World War II. It's Amazing. great. It's right up your alley, I guess. <laughs> I guess so. <laughs> yeah. You and Rosie. <laughs> if you had comps and a time machine, what would you see? I know what I would see. I would go, see. Go I would see um, Jessica Tandy and Marlon Brando opening night. <gasps> yeah. yeah, good one. I think I'd like to see the original Gypsy. Really <gasps> yes. Yeah, having been in it, sure. uh, you know, it's just so in my head, and it's just such an amazing piece. I'd, I'd re- really like to see that, and also, in for my money, you know, that voice. Yeah. Uh, on that original cast album. Absolutely. I'd like to see that live. Yeah. Me too. Good choices. Yeah. <laughs> so we're mostly here to talk about <laughs> the secret garden. No. Um, <laughs> <laughs> understudies, which Elizabeth stars in and also co-created, and Alison Fraser is also a star she of. Stars in as well. Yes. Co-stars. <laughs> Evil antagonists. <clears throat> <laughs> mom. She's, the, she's the the Mama Rose of the production. <laughs> so, can you tell us a little bit about the origin of understudies? Sure. Yeah, I was um, I was understudying on Broadway um, in Breakfast at Tiffany's, um, doing doing a lot. I mean, I was understudying all of the women in the show including, you know, like an 80-year-old character and <laughs> everyone. <laughs> and I also had to play like five different sort of one-line comedy characters who would run in and run out. Oh. And I had to do lots of set changes. 
And I really had never, um, I'd really never worked so hard in my entire life before, but also never done any work like that where, you know, as an understudy, your job is to sit and be present and watch other people work. Um, but, but largely it's, it's observational, you know, and, Mm -hmm. and unlike many sort of understudy or standby positions, we were in from day one because we had parts in the show Mm -hmm. as well. Yeah. So I had a lot of time to sit (laughs) <laughs> think and um I don't know I just started I just started uh thinking about uh a really you know a, the mockumentary it, it's very funny right I mean being an understudy actually is a pretty it's a pretty weird thing to do as an actor um because it's not it's not actually the skill of acting it's the skill of replicating someone else's mm. performance mm. um so I had a lot of time to sit and think and um you know, eight hours a day, five days a week, sometimes mm-hmm. six days a week, mm-hmm. can get some can get some writing done. Sure. So yeah. So we actually yeah. did. The original thought was that we would release one episode per week while the show was running, uh, but unfortunately, the show closed uh, quite quickly. Yes. So um, we had, I think, three episodes in the can at the time of closing, and then we decided at that point we would just pull it back and um, actually shoot an entire season in a, a more cohesive, organized, arced way. Mm-hmm. So we waited and we did that, I guess, six months later. We mm-hmm. shot a full season out, almost in the way you would shoot an independent feature. We spent about three weeks with a, a full cast and, um, and did a, a complete shoot then. Was the production aware, uh, as in uh, Breakfast at Tiffany's, aware that you were doing this and that you were releasing them yeah, because you did get three out, right? Yeah, yeah. I, I originally actually reached out to the producer and asked if we could use Breakfast at Tiffany's um, and really, really go mm-hmm. whole hog as they say, <laughs> with, uh, with the mockumentary. And he just never got back to me. So um, <laughs> as such, you know, we, we tried to play up the parody. But yes, my cast definitely um, knew knew what, you know, what I was up to. Mm-hmm. And, and there are no, um, there are no parallels. If you watch the show and if you know the cast of that show, there really mm-hmm. are no parallels mm-hmm. in terms of the actual cast. It's not like you could say, Oh wow, there's that character. And that's just like that person. We created mm-hmm. a completely new, uh, cast of humans. You know? <laughs> I don't have to be scared to meet your mother. <laughs> God, I wish my mother was Tony nominated. Uh. <laughs> my mom, Allison. Um, <laughs> so yeah, they, yeah, they knew, yeah. they knew. And, um, it, you know, the, I guess the joke of it, sometimes people say like, wow, how could you do that? I mean, that's a pretty sinister thing to do while you're understudying. And certainly my agents have been, you know, <laughs> a little concerned <laughs> keep it away but the truth is you know the only the the brunt of all the jokes is the understudy it's it's my character yeah you know that that that's the person who ends up uh at the bottom of the barrel yeah yeah oh one of the things when we were at the talk back um you guys talked about a lot of the stuff or some of the stuff was improv based which is like we met in an improv class we're yeah. like Im- improv people can you maybe talk about that and or give us all the footage that you have of all that improv stuff <laughs> yeah so we can watch the unedited footage because yeah. we would i think you should take this <laughs> i'll start there but allison i'm sure will have plenty to say so we started with the script and we would always um, shoot the script first. Mm. And then we would let people freestyle and nice. do what they wanted to do. Because by then they'd have a sense of what 
needed to happen. Mm-hmm. In the scene. Um, I will say scenes involving Ms. Allison Fraser <laughs> tend to include uh, a little more improvisation than other, <laughs> other elements of the show in the best of ways. And in fact, if you check out the YouTube channel, you can see uh, bonus videos that include a lot of those mm. just improvisational monologues. Um, my, my favorite is uh, one of the um, comments is like, the cat steals the show. <laughs> <laughs> and it's my cat. <laughs> my cat, Anderson Cooper. Oh, the cat stole the show in Breakfast at Tiffany's, too. <laughs> the cat, did you know they had to hire the understudy cat? Yeah. Yeah, it, it was one news. of the One of the cats got fired. It was Broadway news. Fired, okay, and I, I'm allergic to cats, and I had to go do understudy rehearsals with the understudy cat. <laughs> Who was getting upgraded? I mean, imagine how you feel, right? <laughs> the, the cat gets to go on. <laughs> Why did the cat get fired? Uh, it's a long story, but there was some drama involving his uh, trainer oh. and um, trainer blocking entrances and exits because oh. mm. okay. they were they were they were tight. You know? Yeah, yeah. Mm. trainer and cat were really tight. So tight that that uh, sometimes actors couldn't get by mm. to get on stage. But um, that was that was a pretty surreal week. The week that we got the news that um, Katie Number Two was going on, <laughs> and that we were going to have to spend you know understudies. If, if someone new is going to be put into a show, then the understudies have to go in all day and help the new actor rehearse, mm. you know, do the blocking and whatnot. And so, being severely allergic to cats. I spent the week in this, in this bathrobe, um, you know, carrying the cat around, oh, doing dear. the Holly the Holly Go Nightly moves, just to help the cat assimilate. It wasn't uh, it wasn't a natural talent in the way that the yeah, first well, cat was. We had to actually put a carcass <laughs> to get it to stand still. We would have to put a carcass uh, in its sort of podium, so it would just stay there. But instead of that image at the end of the show where you're supposed to just see the cat sitting innocently in the, the, the window, you would see yeah. this cat gnawing away. Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Horribly emblematic. I would, okay, question for you. Yeah. Best cat performance on Broadway in the past 20 years? Oh, um, Lilius oh. White in Cats. Oh, no, no, no. we didn't see that. I'm just kidding. Oh, oh the, the kittens in uh, oh, You Can't Take It With You. You Can't Take It With You. Those are kittens Those were are great. great. Yeah, the kittens are always great. That's, That's true. Yeah, uh, Elizabeth, any, any favorite cats on Broadway? No. What other cats? I'm trying to think been? of other. I feel like we've seen more dogs. We yeah. Thomas. The Bumpus Hounds. We Thomas and Lieutenant of uh, uh, Lieutenant of Inishmore. Oh, I yes. didn't see the Lieutenant of Inishmore. Really talented. Should have. Yeah. yeah, yeah. It's hard to find a good cat. Good actor cat. Cats are hard to is. train. Anderson yeah. Cooper's yeah, available. Oh, avail- there you go. Also, also a question: uh, uh, Did Cat Number One get unemployment? <laughs> Mm. Oh, I, I bet. I bet he did. There must be a union. <laughs> well, I, I bet that there's a There must be like a kitty equity. Absolutely. Yeah. And you get unemployment if you're fired. I would think that animal actors would, they would want to rehearse with the, the actors they would be playing the show with, not yeah. necessarily the understudies, because you take them where they're supposed to go, but they're mm-hmm. still not with the actual person that they'll be on stage with. Do you get like time to hang out with the animals so that you can become friends with them so they're more comfortable with you? I I think if you have that much time, I don't know how much time there really is mm. for cat 
hang out or yeah. uncomfortable in your case. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I feel like the understud the cat understudy situation like just opened a, a special gem for you to season use two. in the season yes. two. Yes. <laughs> Cause I'm I'm thinking it's so the, the fake show in your show is Twilight at Tiffany's, Correct. which is a mashup. Yep. So I'm thinking mm. there could be some sort of like um, what what's a cat a witch's cat called uh, a familiar, a familiar. Yeah. there could be like a familiar that's in the show definitely I really like that we definitely want to have some sort of cat <laughs> movement classes <gasps> oh yeah would yeah. Richard kind to be back <gasps> yes cat <laughs> yeah yeah we did. We did say that he's on the show. We didn't spoil his appearance mm-hmm. uh, because it's pretty. It's pretty fantastic. Great. We, we wanted people to experience that <laughs> as so they're late. watching yeah. it. It's do fantastic. the cats have their own dressing room? Yes, they do. <laughs> I have so. I just. I'm so curious. Yeah, and now we're sidetracked <laughs> about the cats, and they do. They do have. You know. Relatively high billing, so they're in pretty good space. Did the cats have a better dressing room than you? Yes. (laughs) I was was trying to say that politely. (laughs) Yes, the cat had a better dressing room. Damn those cats. (laughs) Allison, what is your experience with understudies? Well, I had done a a lovely little movie called Socks and Bonds that Elizabeth had Mm. written, and then um, Daniel... Uh, Zimbler had directed that was it right and the co-creator uh, of yeah, un- the understudies yeah. web series yeah, the creators of, of this show mm-hmm. um and i loved that piece and it was quite a different uh, very part. different very you should different see part. it it's, amazing. it's a beautiful beautiful little movie and they didn't cast me as a villain it was just so <laughs> great because I, I play villains all the time <laughs> and uh and then when Elizabeth and Daniel approached me about this, and I'm like, oh, great. And then I realized <laughs> this is like the mother of all villains. But fortunately, when I play a villain, I play it as if she's the heroine of the piece. Well, mm-hmm. sure. And everybody else is wrong. <laughs> she is the heroine of her own piece. Exactly. Yes. exactly. It'd be fun to do a sort of complimentary series <gasps> with, with Betty Bouget at the center of it. Right. In which... You have a story as an antagonist. Yeah, she's just you know? awful. Oh, yeah. Fantastic. We'll watch that. Yeah. <laughs> but at, you know, anytime they would ask me to do anything, I'd do it. I just think that they're terrific. And mm-hmm. Elizabeth is just such a wonderful writer. And I have to say about the improvisation, I'd say I, I'd say 95% of what mm. gets on screen it's is, written. is written mm-hmm. totally. on the page. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The rest is like salt and pepper. But watch those bonus videos. Yeah. It's all yeah, it's pure fun. Allison. <laughs> <laughs> you get to see my apartment. Oh, yeah, that's right. You filmed in your apartment. That's awesome. Yeah. It those is are funny stuff. Real cats. Yeah. I'm like Anderson guy. Cooper. And real virgins. <laughs> and the virgins, that's right. The virgins. <laughs> I love the GIF. Was it a GIF or a little vine or something? Look at my virgins. <laughs> I love the way Betty's so different when she's like being grand and when she's like, Astoria, Astoria, damn it, she's just not talented. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny. Um, where did that name come from, Astoria oh, Bag? Aside from Astoria, that. Queens. Yeah. Which um, she mentions. Uh, well, yeah, I mean, in the show, she was born in Astoria. It was an mm. emergency birth. Oh. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> right. So funny. Nobody wants to be born in Queens. <laughs> I. You know, it's funny, Daniel and I had a little bit of a tug of war because I don't know why it popped in. I love ridiculous names and it's Mm, a bad habit. mm. You know, if you read a screenplay of mine, everyone has a ridiculous name and Mm -hmm. and the feedback, like the notes I'll get will be, 
humans don't all have names this weird. Mm -hmm. Um, (laughs) But I just had this name pop into my head one day because it's the, it's a name you can't, you can't be a star with that name. You know, Mm. you can't be a leading lady with the name Astoria Bag. And so we had a bit of a tug of war because Daniel wanted something a little more normal, like Lara. I was like, come on. <laughs> I like the fact that you're named Bag and you have a lot of baggage. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's perfect. Well, and not to be, I don't want to call anyone you might know out, but like, were any of these traits of these characters sort of pulled from people, you know, obviously exaggerated, but pulled from people, you know? Look, I mean, let's start with Astoria, right? I mean, Astoria is my shadow self. It's, mm-hmm. it's the part of me that, A, is eternally optimistic and cheerful and believes things are actually going to happen, even though, mm. as Betty says, I mean, she's over the hill. Yeah. <laughs> if at 30 it hasn't happened yet, it's not going to happen. Even though that's, that, you know, my shadow self is eternally optimistic and really believes it will um, and is also kind of a loser. Mm. You know, that's, that's, uh, that, that's, that's a part of me. And I think, I think you, could, you could take... <laughs> <laughs> Allison's making a face right now. <laughs> what what your bet. listeners can't see is that this I'm sitting next to one of the most beautiful women on the planet. <laughs> and she's tall and thin and like, loser, look at me, I look like a potato these days. <laughs> oh, come on. <laughs> Loser, if you're a loser, what the hell am I? <laughs> you're Tony nominee, <laughs> Allison so Frazier. all of the characters, yeah. I guess, you would find, um, you know, uh, the, the character who plays uh, Veronica Chasse, the lingerie model who's the lead in the show, is actually uh. my baby sister in real life. Oh, oh amazing. Yeah. <laughs> and she is a former model. <laughs> and we definitely play it on, you know, the comedy of that dynamic. When you have a younger sister who is a model and who everybody kind of is in love with because she happens to be six foot one and gorgeous. Um, there's a lot of natural comedy there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, so all of the characters, uh, I would say, you know, Henning Hegland, who plays the director, mm-hmm. he's um, hilarious, has assisted many directors. Mm-hmm. And um, I think he's pulled a lot from sure. his various yeah. uh, assistant directing experiences. Mm-hmm. Um, so no names. Yeah, <laughs> sure, sure, sure. No, no. I, I did a web series last year called It Could Be Worse. Uh-huh. And uh, I've had a terrible, terrible star called Veronica Bailey. And I, I thought I was kind of just doing my mother in a mood. And, uh, <laughs> and then I find out afterwards that it's definitely based on somebody. I'm like, what? Uh-huh. <laughs> what? Yes. Am I going to get shot in the screen someday? <laughs> And again, no names. <laughs> so what's your writing process like when you were developing this? Did you write everything straight out or like? So we arced. Uh, well, we, we tried to do our arcing in advance, but I will be mm. frank. Maybe I shouldn't be frank. <laughs> I mean, we had episodes that we would literally be. Uh, the day we were shooting the Richard Kind episode, we were ne- the next day shooting the Allison Fraser, Elizabeth Ashley luncheon mm-hmm. uh, episode. And on our lunch break in half an hour, I just put myself away in a cubicle and I wrote that episode in about half an hour. It's nice. a great episode. Yeah. It's a yeah. episode. But, but a lot of this, um, you know, we, the, the thing about producing web series is that it requires so much flexibility and so much mm. agility and mm-hmm. so much changes at the very last moment. You know, we, we would have actors drop out at midnight the night before a shoot and then we'd have to rewrite episodes entirely. Um, but we had a strong sense of the, the journey, I think, for the character and, you know, a general 
plot line for each episode mm-hmm. um, in advance. Mm. And then um, the truth is when you have that, when you know where your story is going, it's the fun part is just writing the dialogue. That happens pretty, pretty quickly. But that brainstorming, the brainstorming sort of where the season was going to go, we did in one fell swoop to be sure that we had an arc that was going somewhere. Mm. Can you uh, tell us a little bit about, I mean, we heard the story when we were at the talk back, but about your replacement crisis with the stage manager? Oh, right. Because oh, yeah. yeah, it we, turned out so wonderfully. We had an actor uh, drop out really at the 11th hour the night before um, shoot. Another, an actor, Allison knows. No names. The stage manager and at 11.30 call was like, you know, I, I don't know. I, I, I just don't think that this is oh. going to be right for me. Oof. I'm sorry, we're whispering. <laughs> <laughs> and, and we're like, oh, crap, what are we going to do? I mean, we, this, you know, a stage yeah. vendor has to be there for these group scenes. Oh, I know who it is. Okay, <laughs> I know who it is. <laughs> that and, is a good impression. Um, <laughs> and so, so then, you know, we're like, what are we going to do? And another actor in the show, actually Jordan Baker, um, runs a, a consultancy helping actors sort of change the shape of their careers and um, reached out to her and she said, I actually have someone. He's just, you know, he's a former uh, voiceover announcer trying to change his, the shape of his career. And I said, oh, you know, okay, you know, send, send us photos, send us something. And so this guy sends us a photo of himself and he's just, he's just dressed like a bodybuilder, yeah. right? We <laughs> yeah. haven't spoken to him. We haven't seen his resume. He just sends us a selfie of himself, like showing his muscles at the gym. <laughs> <laughs> and we were like... Okay, great. You're hired. We'll write something new, and we, you know, we did. And yeah. you see him. He's you see him at the top of episode four. An amazing actor, Tom Hare, who's the original voice of ESPN and HBO. He's got this deep, booming voice, and yeah, you know, he says, "Up next," you know, he's that guy, <laughs> and and he's there as a, you know, he's 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 a tough guy, motorcycle man, on the show, which he really isn't in real life. In mm. real life, you know, he wears khakis, but um, <laughs> because of that selfie. You know, yeah. because of that selfie, we had this vision for the character and we're able to rewrite the episode mm-hmm. overnight and um, have something new the next day to yeah. accommodate what, what we had to work with. Mm. He was fantastic. Oh, so great. And did that change in the character that you made sort of change the dynamic of those Absolutely. scenes? Mm-hmm. He's kind of, mm-hmm. he's not like menacing, but like you said, he sort of looks like a biker and he, you listen to what he's <laughs> yeah. saying. He looks like a bodyguard, and, and our original casting was in a completely different direction. Completely different. I think mm-hmm. he's cute. Can Betty Bouget kind of have a fling with him? Next oh. oh, my God. I yeah. like that. We support like that. that. That's Actually, funny. we have other romances in mind for you, which I won't Ooh. give away. <laughs> but, Betty's, but Betty's romances actually go on to make Astoria's life even more miserable. Oh. Yeah. That's what she's there for. <laughs> oh, I'm dying to hear <laughs> Allison, you were mentioning your hair earlier. It's In the show, it's like an ice yeah, platinum. Yeah, I, I had to have platinum hair for a show that I'm, I, I do a lot called Tennessee Williams Words and Music, mm-hmm. which is a terrific one-woman show, and then I'm with a band. And it's uh, basically the music that Tennessee Williams put in his plays. And uh, it's the American songbook, you know, uh, choices like If I Didn't Care and San Antonio Rose and Camila Rose and Sophisticated Lady. I mean, there's Mm -hmm. about 16 songs that um, 
Tennessee Williams, in many cases, he would use them over and over again. Like I think he did Sweet Leilani in five hmm. of his plays. Uh, so it's a, it's a really terrific show that also has a lot of text of Tennessee Williams from Tennessee Williams plays. And I had to be platinum blonde mm -hmm. Jean Harlow. Mm -hmm. And uh, I did that for, my hair was like that for almost two years. And while I was doing that show, I got cast in It Could Be Worse. And of course I had to have the platinum hair for that because mm. I had to keep it for sure. Williams. Right. Yeah. I think you caught the tail end yeah. of my platinum You were shooting the hair. last couple of episodes. Yeah, the last couple years. of episodes. But I was dying to get my real hair back mm. because you know, you can, you can, like, reach into your hair and go like this oh. and come out with a clump. Oof. Fortunately, I've uh, whipped my hair into submission over the years of dying, so yeah, it's grown back. So is Betty going to be wigged for season two then? Or? Am I going to be wigged for season two? <laughs> oh, yeah, I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. I know, both of Both, us. but oh, she, was, guys, she was blonde so also. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, we're actually working on some reshoots get that now wig for budget. the end of this season. And <laughs> yeah. The question is... Well, I do have a fantastic here. wig that Paul Huntley made for me. <gasps> um, with, Paul Huntley. Paul Huntley. So, uh, makes great wigs. I yeah. knew that there was a possibility of the Tennessee Williams show mm. coming up. And we are going to be in, in Provincetown in, in the fall. Mm. And I knew that Exciting. I didn't want to do that to my hair again. Yeah. Mm. Especially after seeing some of the stills. Oh. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God, I look like my mother. Oh. <laughs> That's so funny. Well, right now there are three episodes on YouTube and the fourth episode is up on Broadway World, correct? correct. Uh, what's the rollout schedule? Can you explain it to us? Yeah. So, so Tomorrow, Tuesday, the fourth episode will be released on our YouTube channel. Mm -hmm. And every week you can get a new primary episode and then some additional bonus videos awesome. um, on our channel as of Tuesday. Yeah, Great. And there's 13, 13 episodes. We've seen the first 10 at a screening. Um, are there any, I guess no spoilers, but any like cameos coming up in the last three or any... I'm so bad at this. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, anymore. it's all probably. Um, there's some great surprises mm -hmm. in the rest of the season. And a cliffhanger to keep Ooh. you coming back. Oh, that's good. Time. Can't wait. Yeah. Exciting. One of our new favorite things, last just to finish up, is to ask people about what your favorite female empowerment show is. That's so interesting. <laughs> I mean, speaking of critics, there's mm. a certain New York Times critic mm. named Ben Brantley who uh, wrote an article. No, it was in a review. Was it in a review? Yeah, in a review he said, he said that, that uh, female empowerment empowerment is musicals. fine. It's like fine on TV, but in musicals it's skin crawling. So what's your favorite female empowerment musical? Because we love them. We do. Well, again, I, I would have to go with Gypsy. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Duel of the Titans. Mm. You know, you, you have uh, Mama Rose and, and, uh, and Gypsy having to battle her for, you know, to become herself. Mm -hmm. I mean, that, to me, is the ultimate feminine empowerment musical. Yeah. I don't, I don't watch. My, my TV watching is very, very strange. Rather than watch <laughs> anything current, mm. I'll watch, like, six episodes of Modern Family or The Big Bang Theory. <laughs> I just, or, or I can't turn 
off. Oh, you know what? I will say one. I'll say um, Law and Order SVU. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Mariska Hargitay. Yes. Okay, absolutely. Definitely. You know, that woman has anchored that show for years. Yeah, yeah. I'll say that. Yeah. So, did I answer your question? Yeah, yeah. Okay, absolutely. Good. Absolutely. Gosh, if we're talking musicals, I mean, my, my childhood was shaped by Evita. Yeah. Oh, and I didn't, I didn't realize, uh, yes, I am from the South. When the, the song Don't Cry For Me, Argentina, I, I really, I didn't realize Argentina was a country. I was mm. like, you know, Argentina's the lover. <laughs> yeah. It's amazing. And I did, there's a joke in the show about Evita, the unsung years that the oh, character's yeah. done. <laughs> I really did write that play. Okay. Oh, oh my God. I was, I was 12. And all of the kids in my class actually had to be. It was like a three hour epic. <laughs> oh, my no God. Singing. Just, you know. Uh, an adaptation of the biography of Eva Peron. Fantastic. Um, so I would say for me, that was that that was probably the mm. female empowerment uh, musical that that changed oh me gosh. the most. In terms of TV, gosh, I don't, I don't know. But Ben Brantley's not complaining about TV, right? No, He's complaining right. about yeah. musicals. Musicals. But I mean, I I haven't seen any. I've I've seen Hedvig three times this season. I, well, we could call that a. I would family. say yeah. absolutely, absolutely, yeah, completely. It's, it's extremely yeah, empowering to everyone. Yitzhak. Yeah, Yitzhak. Absolutely. Well, we think understudies is really, really fantastic, it. and it's hilarious. And mm-hmm. one of the things that I like that you were talking about earlier is it's very specific, but it's not mean. It's, everybody's mm-hmm. exaggerated, but you're not like, like. The joke usually ends up on the understudies, but even everyone else, it still come. It comes from a, a loving place, yeah. And that I think really shows through, and it's yeah, really absolutely. great. Absolutely, yeah. Thanks, guys. Yeah, this You're is welcome. fun. Thanks for talking to us. Yeah. Are you kidding? This is great. We can't wait to see what happens to a story of bag. Uh, yeah, <laughs> can't wait. And Betty bag. No, not no, Betty, Betty, Betty Bouget. Bouget. Do not oh. mention my ex-husband. Uh oh. Uh oh. That's our show. Until next week, you can follow us on Twitter at at Patty, the letter N, Emily, Patty, N, Emily. You can follow us individually at Patty with Y and at Emily Faye Oakley and find us anywhere else on the internet by searching Patty and Emily. Be sure to subscribe to us on iTunes, rate us and leave us a comment and we'll read it on the show. Send us your topic suggestions, questions, dreamcasts, etc. And in the meantime, go go see live theater. theater.